Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. If it wasn't for Andrew's teachings, I would never be where I am today. I would never have victory. I would be living a life of defeat. It was Andrew's teaching that allowed me to develop that faith. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm into my second week of teaching on this new subject, More Grace, More Favor. This is a brand new book that I have out. We also have new CDs and DVDs. And we're doing a special that if you order any of this product here for a gift of any amount, that's the way we do it. We have a suggested price, but if you send whatever, we'll send it to you. And if you order those things, then we will throw in this book on self-centeredness, the source of all grief. This is something that, man, this has changed a lot of people's lives. Matter of fact, I had one man come to me in Tulsa and he told me that he and his wife had already filed for divorce and they were separated and he was driving someplace and he took this teaching, it was on cassette tape at that time, and he listened to it in his car and it totally changed his life. He and his wife got back together and now they've been having a... Uh, marriage ministry for a number of years as a result. That's how potent this teaching is. I tell you, it's not your mate. It's not other people that's the problem. It's our self-centeredness that's the problem. So this is what I've been teaching about is I've used the scriptures out of 1 Peter chapter 5 and also out of James chapter 4. They're basically the same with just a few different words. But it says, God resists the proud, but He gives more grace to the humble. And if you want more grace, which is just everything that God is and has and can do in your life, if you want more, the way you get it is by humility. You don't get it through praying and begging for it. You don't get it by just living holier and doing more and earning it. It's by humbling yourself. And a lot of people's idea of humility is skewed because they think humility is somehow or another debasing yourself and thinking bad of yourself. That's not humility. That can be pride. And, and some people say, well, how could you call that pride? Because most people think pride is only arrogance, where you look down your nose and think you're better than everybody else. But in its simplest terms, and I, I'll deal with this more uh, fairly soon when I get more into Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10, but pride in its simplest terms is self-centeredness. You know, if you took the word pride, P-R-I-D-E, the center letter, the center of that is I. Be an egocentric, just focused on yourself. That's what pride is. And you can focus on yourself thinking I'm better than everybody else, or you can focus on yourself thinking I'm worse than everybody else. Did you know that that's pride? I had a man one time, uh, I taught on this. This has been nearly 30 years ago, and I remember this was in Pueblo, and I can still see this little man. He was a Mexican guy. He was an older fella, and he was short like this on me. And he walked up to me, and he stuck his finger right in my chest. And he says, you've been teaching on self-centeredness being the source of all grief, and only by pride comes contention. Strife is caused by your pride. And he says, I've got a lot of problems, but pride isn't one of them. He says, if anything, I got the lowest self-esteem of anybody in this whole room. And he says, yet I'm a very angry man. And he says, you're wrong on this. 
And what was wrong was his understanding of what pride is. Pride isn't only thinking you're better than everybody else. If you've got low self-esteem, if you are timid and shy, you are a very prideful person. You're a very self-focused person. And I can say that with conviction and compassion because this is the way that I was. I grew up very introverted. Around my family and around people that were my friends, I was at home and everything was fine. But you put me around somebody that I didn't know and I just froze. I remember as a senior in high school walking down the street and a man just walked by and said, good morning. And he was two blocks down the street. I was sitting in my car and finally I said, good morning back. I couldn't even talk to a person that I didn't know. I was afraid of them rejecting me. I was afraid that I would say something wrong. And so because of that, I just froze and I, I could not talk in front of people who, that weren't already a part of my circle, like a family or a close friend and stuff like that. And I tell you what it was all about. It was pride. It was me focused on myself. So what I'm saying through this is that pride isn't only arrogance. That's like having a stick. If you have a stick, it's got two ends and they're opposite. One end of pride is arrogance over here. But the other end, the same thing is low self-esteem. Uh, you know, a bad self-image. That is super pride. You're just focused on yourself. And the reason you're afraid to open up and say things in front of people is because you are thinking about yourself so much. You know, I literally have uh, told this to a number of people that they've shared with me like a testimony of how their marriage was healed, how they were delivered of dope addiction, how they were saved out of some terrible kind of lifestyle. And they have had God touch them and they have a revelation of how to get free they could help other people. But when I call them forward and say, would you come up here and share? They just freeze. Why? It's not because they haven't had a miracle. It's not because they couldn't share what God had done for them and share with somebody else. It's because they're embarrassed. They're afraid that they might say something that would embarrass them. Something would come out wrong and it's all about them. So here they are with the truth that has literally transformed their life. Here's other people out here that could use those same truths that have set them free, and yet they can't share. Why? Well, people say, well, I'm just timid. I'm just shy. This is not my nature. What it really amounts to is you're full of pride. You're thinking about yourself, and you are so afraid that somebody's going to reject you that you would sit there and withhold the truth from them that could set them free because it because you might say something and, and look bad. You know, I've had to deal with this my whole life because I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I am not a silver vessel, but I am a surrendered vessel. And because of that, God uses me. And I had to get over this fear of what people thought about me and people criticizing me. You know, I force myself. I don't do it all the time, but maybe once a week or something like that, I'll force myself to watch my own television program. And it's hard on me because I'm, I'm always saying, I could have said this better. I could have done something better. Why did I say this? And if I was to allow myself, I would not minister to other people because of the potential exposure I give to people criticizing me. I've said this often that if I was God, I wouldn't have chosen me. 
my voice is not the kind of voice I would really choose to have. And man, I, God could just find somebody much better than me. I'm thankful that He did choose me, but I'm saying that if I was to just be critical of myself, it would stop me from sharing with you. But the Lord did a lot of things. One of, one of the things, a major point in me getting over myself and thinking about what you think about me and what people have to say. I remember I was ministering one time, and for the first two years that I ministered, it was just pitiful. Some of you still think it's pitiful, but it's less pitiful than it used to be, but it used to be really pitiful. And I got up and ministered, and I had a man come up to me afterwards, and he said, you've got some really good things to share. And if you ever got to where you were more concerned about the people you're ministering to than you were about yourself and what they thought about you, you could be a blessing. And I mean, that was like a dagger in my heart, but it was true. God used that to show me that this is exactly what was hindering me. And so, you know, the way that I minister now, I still... I stumble around. I don't say things as concisely and well as other people do. And I make mistakes, and, and I'm aware of all of that. But you know what? The driving thing with me is I, God has set me free. God has changed my life. The things I'm sharing with you, I know they work because they work for me. And the thing that drives me and gets me past being timid and shy and things like that is the fact that I love God and I love you. And God used an old donkey one time, not because it was spiritual and been studying the Word and doing everything right. If God used a donkey, He can use me as long as I get over me and I get more concerned about you and trying to relate these things to you than I am about what you think about me. So I'm saying all of these things to say that, see, some people think pride is nothing but arrogance. That's just one end of that stick. The other end is you're just self-centered. You're so focused on yourself. This is the root of all timidness and shyness. You can blame it on your genes and say it's just your personality. No, it's self-centeredness. You need to get over yourself and get to where like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they were brought before the king and he told them, you either bow or I'm going to throw you in this fiery furnace. They said unto him in Daniel chapter 3, We are not careful to answer you, O king. You know what that means? It says, We aren't afraid of you. We aren't sitting here worried about our words. We aren't parsing and, and just, you know, analyzing every single word to make sure we do it right. We don't care. Here's what we believe. And they were just bold. Most of us are too in love with ourselves and too afraid of the rejection and the things that we will suffer to just be like that. But you need to get to where you aren't careful to answer. You're just bold to say what God has put in your heart. You know what that is? That's humility. That's awesome. Let me just, again, share. I used this verse the other day. It says, He has respect unto the lowly, but the proud he knoweth afar off. Here's another way of saying this. Prideful people cannot have intimacy with God. Now, notice what I didn't say. You could have a relationship. You could be born again. You could call out uh, for salvation and trust God. And if you die, you, were, you would go to heaven, and that's good. I'm not saying you can't be born again. You can't have a relationship with God, but you can't have intimacy 
with a humble God who says, I am meek and lowly in heart, and you be proud and arrogant and promoting yourself and just doing things your own way. Two can't walk together unless they be agreed. And so you are going to have to humble yourself if you really want to connect with God and experience His heart and have a relationship with Him. You're going to have to humble yourself. Prideful people cannot have intimacy with God. Boy, if you're listening, this will give an explanation as to why some of you just don't seem to be able to connect with the Lord because you're always promoting yourself, coming to Him on the basis of your own goodness and saying, God, I deserve this. I deserve that. Man, if God gave you what you deserved, you'd be turned into a pile of ashes. No, you can't relate to God based on your own performance. You have to humble yourself and approach Him through what Jesus did. Second Samuel chapter 22, and this is also... Uh, these are some of the last words of David, and it's also recorded in Psalms chapter 18. But here in Second Samuel chapter 22, verse 26, it says, "...with the merciful thou wilt show thyself merciful. With the upright man thou wilt show thyself upright. With the pure thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the froward..." Which, you know, that word is a word that we don't even use in the English language, but this old English, that's talking about pride. And I could spend a lot of time show you some verses where Jesus quoted this and stuff. But it says, With the froward or with the proud, thou wilt show thyself unsavory. In other words, this goes right along with what was said in 1 Peter chapter 5, where it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. And it goes on to say in verse 28, And the afflicted people thou wilt save, but thine eyes are upon the haughty, that thou mayest bring them down. God resists the proud. God resists people who are promoting themselves at the expense of other people. God resists people who are doing it your own way and not following His instructions that He gave you. This is the reason that so many people aren't experiencing the blessings of God is because there isn't this humility that allows the grace of God to come upon you. Remember in uh, James chapter 4, He gives more grace to those who humble themselves. So God resists the proud. It's not personal. He's not against you personally. It's just the way that the kingdom operates. These are the laws of the kingdom. Praise God. So let me go in a little bit more into this self-centeredness. And I want to share with you an example here in the Scripture. It's one of the most important passages of Scripture to me on humility in the entire Bible. And that's out of the book of Daniel. And in Daniel chapter 4, we have an instance where the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, God had already ministered to him. I think it was the third chapter. He made this statue of gold that was like 60 feet high, 80 feet high or something like that. And he made everybody bow down and worship it. This is the time that Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego were commanded to bow down to that image or they'd be thrown into the fiery furnace. Well, Nebuchadnezzar got so mad that they wouldn't obey him that it said he, he smote his hands together. He commanded the fire to be heated seven times hotter than it normally was. And he had three of his mightiest men in the entire army bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the fire. And the fire was so hot, it killed his three mightiest men. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down bound into the fire. And when the king looked over in there, their, bound, uh, their bonds were loosed. They were free. They were walking around. And there was a fourth person. 
IN THE FIRE WITH THEM WHO WE KNOW WAS JESUS. AND SO HE CALLED TO THEM. THEY CAME OUT. THERE WASN'T ANY SMELL OF SMOKE. THEIR HAIR WASN'T EVEN SINGED. AND HE FELL DOWN AND HE SAYS, SHADRACH, MESHACH, AND ABEDNEGO, THEIR GOD IS THE REAL GOD. SO HE HAD ENCOUNTERED GOD THROUGH THEM. HE ALSO HAD DANIEL INTERPRET ONE OF HIS DREAMS. HE HAD ENCOUNTERED THE LORD ON A NUMBER OF TIMES. AND YET IN THE FOURTH CHAPTER, HE HAD A DREAM. AND IN THIS DREAM, I WON'T GO THROUGH THE WHOLE THING, BUT THERE WAS THIS HUGE TREE THAT COVERED THE WHOLE EARTH. THE FOWLS OF THE AIR CAME AND LODGED IN IT. AND THEN THERE WAS A VOICE THAT CAME FROM HEAVEN SAYS, CUT IT DOWN AND LET DEW BE OVER IT SEVEN TIMES. BUT THEN THEY PUT A RING OR or A METAL IRON RING AROUND THE TRUNK OF IT. AND SO NEBUCHADNEZZAR WOKE UP AFTER THIS DREAM. NONE OF HIS PEOPLE COULD INTERPRET IT, SO THEY CALLED DANIEL. AND BASICALLY WHAT DANIEL SAID IS THAT THIS IS ABOUT YOU, O KING. YOU ARE THIS GREAT TREE. GOD HAS GIVEN YOU THIS KINGDOM AND YOU HAVE COVERED THE WHOLE EARTH AND ALL OF THE PEOPLE OF THE EARTH ARE, are, YOU KNOW, DWELLING IN THE SHADE OF YOUR TREE. BUT BECAUSE YOU HAVE BEEN EXALTED AND LIFTED YOURSELF UP IN PRIDE, GOD IS GOING TO CUT YOU DOWN TO THE GROUND AND YOU ARE GOING TO GO OUT AND LIVE IN THE FIELD LIKE AN ANIMAL. YOU'LL EAT GRASS. YOUR HAIR WILL GROW LIKE FEATHERS. YOUR FINGERNAILS WILL BECOME CLAWS. AND YOU'RE GOING TO DO THIS FOR SEVEN YEARS UNTIL YOU KNOW THAT GOD IS THE ONE WHO CAUSED YOU TO PROSPER. GOD IS THE ONE WHO GAVE YOU ALL OF THIS SUCCESS AND KINGDOM. IT WASN'T YOU. IT'S NOT YOUR MIGHT AND POWER. AND THEN DANIEL, uh, HE um, COUNSELLED NEBUCHADNEZZAR. HE SAID, uh, BREAK OFF YOUR SINS BY HUMBLING YOURSELVES BEFORE GOD SO THAT THERE WILL BE A LENGTHENING OF YOUR TRANQUILLITY. AND SO ANYWAY, AFTER A PERIOD OF TIME, NEBUCHADNEZZAR WAS WALKING AROUND IN BABYLON. AND YOU KNOW, BABYLON HAD THE SEVEN... uh, THE uh, HANGING GARDENS OF BABYLON THAT WERE ONE OF THE SEVEN WONDERS IN THE ANCIENT WORLD. Uh, THEY WERE AWESOME. AND HE WAS LOOKING OVER HIS KINGDOM IN THIS VAST uh, MILITARY FORTRESS THAT HE HAD BUILT, AND HE WAS JUST THINKING ALL OF THESE THINGS. AND and LOOK AT WHAT HE SAID HERE IN DANIEL CHAPTER 4. VERSE 30, HE SAYS, IS NOT THIS THE GREAT BABYLON THAT I HAVE BUILT BY THE MIGHT OF MY POWER AND FOR THE HONOR OF MY MAJESTY? HE DIDN'T CREDIT GOD, EVEN THOUGH HE HAD BEEN, HE HAD ENCOUNTERED GOD THROUGH SHADRACH, MESHACH, AND ABEDNEGO, AND DANIEL. HE JUST GOT INTO PRIDE AND THOUGHT, LOOK WHAT I HAVE DONE. AND IT SAYS THAT WHILE THE WORDS WERE STILL IN HIS MOUTH, THE VOICE CAME FROM HEAVEN AND SAYS, IT IS DONE. YOUR KINGDOM IS TAKEN FROM YOU. AND THAT SAME HOUR, HE LOST HIS MIND, AND HE WENT OUT, AND FOR SEVEN YEARS, THE KING WHO HAD RULED OVER MORE OF THE WORLD THAN ANY OTHER PERSON ON THE PLANET, THIS SAME KING BECAME AN ANIMAL AND ATE GRASS FOR THREE YEARS. HIS FINGERNAILS BECAME CLAWS. HIS HAIR BECAME LIKE FEATHERS. AND HE DID THIS FOR SEVEN YEARS. BUT LOOK AT THIS IN DANIEL CHAPTER 4 AND IN VERSE 34 IT SAYS, AT THE END OF THE DAYS I, NEBUCHADNEZZAR, LIFTED UP MINE EYES UNTO HEAVEN AND MY UNDERSTANDING RETURNED UNTO ME AND I BLESSED THE MOST HIGH AND I PRAISED AND HONORED HIM THAT LIVETH FOREVER WHOSE DOMINION IS AN EVERLASTING DOMINION AND HIS KINGDOM IS FROM GENERATION TO GENERATION. NOW I, NEBUCHADNEZZAR, PRAISE AND EXTOL AND HONOR THE KING OF HEAVEN ALL WHOSE WORKS ARE TRUTH AND HIS WAYS JUDGMENT, AND THOSE WHO WALK IN PRIDE, HE IS ABLE TO ABASE. (laughs) 
TO ME, THAT'S GOT TO BE ONE OF THE GREATEST UNDERSTATEMENTS IN THE ENTIRE BIBLE. HE, he JUST SUMMARIZED IT BY SAYING, THOSE WHO WALK IN PRIDE, HE IS ABLE TO ABASE. MAN, GOD MADE HIM AN ANIMAL. HE ATE GRASS FOR SEVEN YEARS, AND, and, and THE MAN WHO HAD BEEN THE MIGHTIEST MAN ON THE PLANET BECAME BASICALLY AN ANIMAL. AND HE SUMMARIZED IT BY SAYING, THOSE WHO WALK IN PRIDE, HE'S ABLE TO ABASE. NOW, WE LIVE UNDER A DIFFERENT COVENANT, AND IF YOU ARE BORN AGAIN, ALL OF, your, all of GOD'S WRATH AGAINST YOUR SIN HAVE BEEN PLACED UPON JESUS. AND IF YOU'VE ACCEPTED JESUS AS YOUR SAVIOR, GOD WILL NEVER DO TO YOU WHAT HE DID TO NEBUCHADNEZZAR. AND SO THERE ARE SOME THINGS THAT ARE DIFFERENT. YOU CAN'T DRAW AN EXACT COMPARISON HERE. GOD IS NOT GOING TO STRIKE YOU AND MAKE YOU LIKE AN ANIMAL FOR SEVEN YEARS. BUT EVEN THOUGH OUR PUNISHMENT WAS PLACED UPON JESUS, GOD DOESN'T LIKE PRIDE AND ARROGANCE ANY MORE IN US THAN HE LIKED IT IN NEBUCHADNEZZAR. HE MAY NOT BRING JUDGMENT ON YOU BECAUSE HE'S ALREADY PUNISHED HIS SON AND HE BORE THAT JUDGMENT FOR YOU, BUT GOD HATES THIS PRIDE. AND THE SAME WAY THAT NEBUCHADNEZZAR SAID, LOOK WHAT I HAVE DONE, THE MIGHT OF MY HAND AND MY POWER HAS DONE THIS. WHEN YOU START BOASTING AND LOOKING AT WHAT YOU'VE DONE, YOU'RE, you're DOING THE EXACT SAME THING THAT NEBUCHADNEZZAR DID. YOU KNOW, I HAD THE MAYOR OF WOODLAND PARK COME WHEN WE WERE BUILDING OUR AUDITORIUM OVER THERE, AND I MEAN, IT WAS STILL UNDER CONSTRUCTION, BUT I GAVE A TOUR TO ALL OF THE CITY OFFICIALS AND STUFF, AND HE LOOKED AT ME AND HE SAYS, YOU MUST BE REALLY PROUD. AND I SAID, NO, PRIDE ISN'T THE RIGHT WORD BECAUSE THAT WOULD IMPLY THAT I DID THIS. I SAID, I HAVEN'T MADE THIS HAPPEN. I JUST FEEL BLESSED. I FEEL HONORED THAT GOD ASKED ME TO DO IT. BUT I SAID, I CAN'T TAKE CREDIT FOR THIS. IT'S MORE LIKE ME JUST BEING ON A ROLLER COASTER. I'M SITTING ON THE FRONT uh, CAR IN THAT ROLLER COASTER STRAPPED IN, HOLDING ON FOR DEAR LIFE, AND I'M JUST GOING WHEREVER GOD TAKES ME. I'M NOT THE ONE THAT'S DRIVING THIS TRAIN. I'M JUST ALONG FOR THE RIDE. AND YES, I'M COOPERATING, AND YES, GOD USES ME. AND LIKE IN JANUARY THE 31ST, 2002, I HAD TO TAKE THE LIMITS OFF GOD. I WAS LIMITING WHAT GOD COULD DO. SO I'M A PART OF THE EQUATION, BUT I GUARANTEE YOU, I AM NOT TAKING CREDIT FOR IT. IF YOU ARE SAYING, LOOK WHAT I HAVE DONE, LOOK AT MY HOUSE, LOOK AT ALL OF THE THINGS THAT I HAVE DONE, YOU KNOW WHAT? THAT'S PRIDE, THAT YOU ARE TAKING CREDIT. GOD IS THE ONE WHO GAVE YOU YOUR ABILITY. GOD IS THE ONE WHO'S GIVEN YOU THE OPPORTUNITIES. SATAN IS GOING ABOUT AS A ROARING LION, SEEKING WHOM HE MAY DEVOUR. AND I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, IF IT HADN'T have BEEN FOR GOD INTERVENING AND PROTECTING YOU, YOU WOULD HAVE BEEN DEVOURED MANY, MANY TIMES AGO. YOU KNOW, I WAS JUST VISITING WITH SOME OF MY STAFF AND TELLING THEM ABOUT THINGS THAT I'VE SURVIVED. I SHOULD HAVE BEEN DEAD DOZENS OF TIMES. THAT'S NOT AN EXAGGERATION. THERE ARE DOZENS OF TIMES THAT IT WAS JUST GOD THAT SAVED MY LIFE. I CAN'T TAKE CREDIT FOR THAT. GOD IS ONE WHO'S PRESERVED ME. GOD IS ONE WHO'S GIVEN ME OPPORTUNITY. GOD USES ME. AND IT'S THE SAME WITH YOU, WHETHER YOU REALIZE IT OR NOT. IT'S HUMILITY TO GIVE GOD THE GLORY, TO RECOGNIZE GOD AS THE SOURCE, AND YOU NOT CLAIM THAT YOU ARE A SELF-MADE MAN OR WOMAN. I'VE GOT A LOT MORE TO SHARE. I'VE GOT THIS TEACHING ENTITLED MORE GRACE, MORE FAVOR. IT'S A BRAND NEW BOOK. IT'S AVAILABLE TO YOU FOR A GIFT OF ANY AMOUNT. THE SAME THING FOR OUR CD'S AND DVD'S. AND IF YOU ORDER EITHER THE BOOK, THE CD'S, OR THE DVD'S, YOU CAN REQUEST THIS LITTLE BOOKLET, SELF-CENTEREDNESS, THE SOURCE OF ALL GRIEF, 
as a free gift to you. And I promise you, this would be a real blessing to you. This is a game changer. So listen to our announcer as he gives you some more information about that. And please call or write today. Andrew's teaching, More Grace, More Favor, is available as a brand new book or as a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Or you can get the More Grace, More Favor package, which includes the book and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $50, but you can receive all of these valuable resources today for just $35. Also today, Andrew has a bonus offer. You can request the Self-Centeredness, the Source of All Grief booklet for free when you order either the book, CD, or DVD album from Andrew's new teaching, More Grace, More Favor. The free booklet is limited to one free per household and is only available in the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get these teachings. Many of you know that we have built a 1,022 space parking garage to accommodate all of our people that come to our facilities in Woodland Park. And it was at a $23 million cost. And we are trying to get that paid off as quickly as we can. Though I felt like the Lord spoke to me about encouraging 23,000 people to give a $1,000 offering, either a one-time gift or pledged out over a period of 10 months, $100 per month. If you would like to be a part of that, I encourage you to call or write, go to our website and join our 1K Club. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline 24 hours a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday at 719-635-1111. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on September the 24th through the 26th for our Identity in Christ Conference. I'm gonna have Pastor Dwayne Sheriff with me. He's one of my great friends. He's on my board of directors. He is one of the most powerful ministers that I know. And both of us, it is this truth about who we are in Christ, a revelation of what I call spirit, soul, and body that has changed our lives. And we are just gonna take both of our teachings, both of our revelations, what God has done in our life, and just pour it into you for these three days. Remember, it's September the 24th through the 26th at our Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, our Identity in Christ Conference. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how your support is raising up disciples who are bringing the message of God's love and grace around the world. Disciples like Mickey and Susan Cartagena. Susan came to Karis in a time of crisis after her husband of 35 years divorced her. As she sat under the word at Karis, God healed the pains of her past and renewed her vision for the future. Andrew one day gave me a word and he said that the second half of your life is going to be better than the first half. After graduating, Susan got married to Mickey, a fellow student, and together they now minister in Columbia, teaching the same truths that set them free. 
Thank you, friends and partners, for providing a place where people like Susan can get a renewed vision for their life and then go out and share it with others. To see their full story, visit awmi.net today. I want to let you know that we have now started a Karis Daily Live Bible Study. We've been doing a Bible study every Tuesday night live for about two years, but now we have five days a week. We've varied the times so that we can accommodate anybody's schedule, and it's going to really be good. We're going to use our instructors from the school, and it'll be a blessing. So remember, we now have a Karis Daily Live Bible Study five days a week.